Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Full of Joy podcast today. So I am back with a new guest, Megan, who is the self-care queen. So we're going to be diving into how to reconnect with yourself and rewire your mindset. And today's episode is truly for everyone. And I believe that everyone can benefit from her wisdom and you need to hear this. So Megan is the creator of Lovely Human School, which aims to shake you out of your negativity and guide you to deep self-love. Megan's goal is to teach humans how to reach their potential with presence and positivity. And in today's episode, she is sharing all of the mindfulness practices and mindset techniques that have unleashed unlimited potential both in herself and in her clients. So let's jump in. But I kind of want to hear about how you got started as well, because it looks kind of like Correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you're a one-woman show. Um, it looks like you you must have your ducks in a row and you're super organized. So can you kind of take us back to how you got started in this industry and like what it takes to become this self-care queen that you are? Yeah. Um, I mean, make a cup of tea, get some coffee, settle in because <laughs> we, we could go back far. Uh, but the Coles Notes shortened version of it is really, you know, a few big rock bottoms that had me realizing that the only thing that's really certain in this world is like my relationship with myself. Right. And so when you strip away, um, relationships with others, family, the label of your job, like all of that stuff. At the end of the day, all we really have is ourselves. And so that's really where I started my own self-care journey and starting to read a lot more about how do I love myself? What does that look like? What sort of you know, things am I holding on to? What stories am I telling myself? What are the words up in my head? And so with a lot of like introspection and you know, the dark nights of the soul of like questioning and asking someone for help, you know, realizing that the the answers were all within and that I would be able to really love and take care of myself in a deep way if I spent time getting to know myself more. And so in doing that, I really created sort of like this method of what it takes to reach your dreams. Or if you want to reach your potential, we can't just like skip past the part about ourselves, right? We can't just be like, oh, I'm going to take all these courses and, and then I'm going to be a millionaire and have my laptop on the beach and, you know, have the love of my life beside me. We actually have to like let our inner world be the very first thing that we think about. And then, you know, getting into mindset work and then going outside of ourselves. And so I just developed a curriculum that was all about first reconnecting to yourself then rewiring your mindset and then thinking about revolutionizing, you know, what your dreams, what your potential really is. So like you said, I am a one woman show. I have had like some people come in and help me, uh, some freelancers. I've got like some really great people behind me now, but you know, like I was in the Canva and making the graphics and doing the website stuff. And uh, thankfully I have someone who's going to be coming on board to help with that soon, but it's been a journey. Yeah, sounds like it. But I think that's where everybody is starting out, especially like solopreneurs. Um, but yeah, you talk you talked about how kind of the process really starts with just kind of getting to know yourself. And I think that's where I'm at. Yeah. Like um, I started therapy this year and I've really been learning like about myself. Yeah, to trust myself. So like now that I know like who she is and like what she's made of, like I'm like, okay, yeah, I trust her. And I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't know her before. I didn't know me before. <laughs> 
Um, so I want you to talk more about the reconnect, rewire and revolutionize, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because with reconnecting, I think getting to know ourselves is scary. So what's your mindset going into that? Like, are you just going in scared or yeah. Tell, tell me, tell me all yeah. your tips. Oh, that's such a, that's so good. So oftentimes we're just like really disconnected from ourselves. Right. And so this is my, this might be what you're experiencing right now. Of like, you know, when you walk by a mirror and you're like, who is that? Right. Or all we see are like the clothes on our bodies. We don't see like the heart and the soul behind our eyes. And so really connecting to ourselves is turning off the noise, right? Like putting down the phone, stop scrolling and, and allowing ourselves to just be in our own presence and adding those mindfulness practices, whether it's walking in nature or writing or meditation or yoga, things that actually bring us into the present moment so that we're not up in our judgmental expectation filled heads and really just with ourselves. Um, the therapy that you spoke of is so helpful. I wish we could all have therapy like every single week for the rest of our lives. I wish it was that accessible. Um, but that makes a huge difference, right? Because then we have someone who's helping facilitate asking us the questions so that we can reflect and start to start to uncover some of the things that we've been pushing away for so long, because that's often what happens in us avoiding sitting with ourselves. It's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to open up that box, right? Because yeah. it's all just going to come pouring out and, when we trust ourselves, we can get to that point where we're like, I'm just going to take the box off the shelf and open it for 60 minutes. And then I'm going to close it back up and I'm going to put it back on the shelf and I'll continue to work on it tomorrow. Right. Rather than it being this like flood of garbagey stuff that we push down forever. Uh, and instead it's an act of love and an act of service for ourselves in, in saying, okay, I'm just going to get curious here. Right. That positive mindset of of it not being a big deal, of it being like, okay, I'm going to get curious, put my little detective hat on, and we're going to see why I'm getting triggered by this person, right? Like what's inside of me that's creating this external experience. I'm just going to step back. How do I feel about it? What's it reminding me of? And what can I do to help soothe myself and remind myself that I am safe, right? That I'm in this moment. I'm not in the moment of when I was five years old and experiencing abandonment, right? I'm in this moment and I'm being triggered or reminded of that moment. So how can I act as an adult here and now um, rather than a child, right? So it's really about us stepping into parenting ourselves and, and showing up as adults and almost like walking, walking our five-year-old selves along and saying like, it's okay, honey. Like I hear you and I see you and I'm here for you now. And we're going to do this a little differently. And so when I think about the, the reconnecting, that's sort of like all the work that that's involved in that. Wow. What an interesting perspective. Sounds like, yeah, really guiding yourself along and really coming from a place of like you are just loved. Like I am coming at this with self-love. Um, and I like how you said, like, you kind of have to like put your detective hat on and it's just about getting curious and just about finding out about yourself. Like, yeah, you don't have to open up this big, like Pandora's box right now. Totally. Especially if you are not doing it with a therapist or if you don't have any experience in it. Um, 
I think though that it's really easy to not look in the mirror. It's really easy to skip your self-care, especially, you know, when the world is kind of opening back up and we are allowed to kind of ignore again, where, you know, when you're sitting in solace, you're like, I have nothing to do, but open this box. So what are ways, I don't want to say like to motivate yourself um, or what are ways to like love yourself enough into making sure that those self-care habits like get done? Like, how do I not Mm. skip care habits? I mean, that's sort of the reason why I started self-care club, right? Is because what's the first thing that goes when we get quote unquote busy is that we, we, you know, ignore ourselves. We skip the workout, we get the fast food, we end up not writing in the morning. We end up, you know, pushing that meditation and all those things that actually make us feel really good. And like, we can interact in the world in a way that makes us proud and feel good. Those all go to the wayside. And so for me, it's all about planning and prioritizing it. And I would say like, I'm a recovering workaholic and people pleaser. So I would like jam pack my schedule and be like, I am so amazing. Like, look what I can do. Right. And then hello, burnout on Friday. And you just are like a vegetable on Saturday and Sunday. And, and I've realized that that's not really the way to go. And so in self-care club and what I did before self-care club was to really look at my schedule for the week and, and on a Sunday night, be like, okay, where am I putting in my mindfulness? Where am I putting in my mindset work? What sort of like fluffy self-care things do I have? Am I getting a massage this week? When am I getting groceries? What kind of food is is um is going to help fuel me and support me this week and so really making it a priority to schedule in time is the way is the way to not let it slip right so that when someone says oh do you want to come do this thing and you know you had a yoga class scheduled during that time you say actually I'm already I'm already booked right? We, we don't skip the, the appointment with ourselves. We, we just say, oh, let's do it at another time, right? Uh, so that we are making sure that when you look at your calendar, let's say for me, I make my self-care pink because that's my favorite color. Every day I can see pink on my calendar, right? I can see pink at the beginning of my day. I can see my pink self-care at the end of my day. And then all in between calls and responsibilities and all of that, I can see five minutes of pink, five minutes here, five minutes there, 15, 20, all just littered in like little pockets of self-care to keep that cup full so that it doesn't run empty. Mm, Pockets of self-care. I think I saw on your Instagram, you posted like a graphic that said like self-care buffet and it was like, choose which one of these. Um, and I love how you think about it that way. Like that, like I can just tell the way you think about this stuff organically is like why you are so successful and so helpful. Um, but are there any things from that buffet that you choose every day? Like, are there certain things like you do not let the day go by without it? Or do you kind of just let that flow and choose Yeah. I mean, I don't like rules. I don't like being told what to do. And so for me, you know, I just have this, like, like you said, a buffet and like some days I would, could eat like French toast every single day. And then, you know, like on a Sunday, I'm like, I actually want eggs. I'm kind of like that with my self-care too. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I write a lot, like maybe six out of seven days, but if on that one day out of seven, I don't write, it doesn't, it doesn't become like a, oh, Megan, you're such a bad person for not doing it. Right. So that's why I like the idea of a buffet because it's like, 
I just get to be so connected to myself that I get to decide what do I need today, right? If I hold my little cheeks in my hand and say like, little baby girl, like what's going to fill you up today? What's going to get you closer to how you actually want to feel? And that's one of the things is that my self-care isn't your self-care, right? How you want to feel on a daily basis isn't the same as me. Maybe you want to feel strong. I want to feel balanced. And so my self-care and what I do to you know, really fill myself up is going to be different than what you do because we want two totally different things. And that's where the buffet comes into play of like, maybe I pick yoga, maybe I pick meditation, maybe I listen to a podcast, maybe I call my friend. And a lot of these are very like fluffy self-care practices, which I, like I call them fluffy because they're a bit more Ooh, soft and, you know, fun and enjoyable. There's also icky self-care that lives on that buffet. It's like setting boundaries, having difficult conversations, uh, opening Pandora's box, therapy, coaching calls, like all of those things can be icky because it, it causes us to maybe deal with some emotions that aren't the happier emotions, but it still is in the same realm of taking care of ourselves. Yes. Okay. I want to get into this. So much there. So much. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much there. Okay. So I know that, so you are a coach and a mentor. And like you said, like there's therapy, there's coaching, there's so many um, resources and tools and support, but I feel like you're really good at giving people those tools and resources and kind of, um, you know, giving them, I don't know, I don't know the tools to do it, but I feel like when you do want to dive deep, when you do want to go there, when you do want to open that Pandora's box and someone like me, that's kind of new to this self-care and this new mindset stuff, like it takes a lot of energy and it can be scary. Like I was saying, like, what are your best tools to do it on your own? Or should you make sure that you're starting out with a coach or a therapist? I mean, I always say that you have all the wisdom that you need Um, sometimes you can expedite that process with someone. I'm the type of person that works really well being facilitated by others, um, because I hold so much space for other people. It's kind of like a breath of relief when I can be held by someone and someone can walk me through that process. So I would say if you're, if you're just starting out, you don't need somebody, but it can be helpful and it can help you to reflect a little bit deeper, sort of feel like you're not in it alone. Um, and then also learn some new tools, which I think is the, is the big, when you're first starting out, go for all the tools and see what works. Maybe you're going to dive into human design. Maybe you're going to look at astrology. Maybe you're going to, um, you know, read a book about neuro-linguistic programming and mindset and how your brain works. Like there's so many different tools and, and to open yourself up to all of them, because you may, you might put it on the buffet and it may not get touched for six months, but maybe it's going to come up and help you at another time. And so, um, if you're a reader, I would say, you know, start with some really great books. Uh, I can send you a few recommendations. Uh, and just like, if anyone's listening, like just DM me and I'll just like send you my list, but there are some really, really great books that, you know, can help you to get a bit more introspective and less about, what's everybody else saying and, and what, what do I need or what feels good for me? So always asking yourself that question, how do I feel about this? What is this like in my body? Is my body saying like, hell yes to this? Or is my body like a big heck no? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I'm exuding this. So you might be able to read it or not, but something that I've been, um, 
like really diving into and dealing with in therapy this year is feeling like I'm dumb. Mm. And that manifested in so many ways. And a lot of it being like, I don't know what to think. So whatever my friend thinks, whatever this influencer thinks, whatever this coach thinks, I'll just think what they think, like, tell me what to think. But really in my self-care journey, learning to ask myself, like, how do I actually feel about that? Like, what does it actually mean to me? What does that feel like to me? That helped me realize like, I actually have really strong intuition and I am smart. Um, and like, yeah, I can, I can be there for myself. So that's really interesting that you talk about that as well. Um, what you're, what I, you're mentioning there is also like a bit of embodiment, right? About like how we're so much in our heads and in having so much information at our fingertips and the scrolling, right? Of like seeing what she's doing, seeing what she's doing, she's, see what she's doing, the advertisements, like the noise, even the podcast sometimes, like it's so much information. And that means that we're living up in our head and especially as women um, and really embodying like feminine leadership, we're not supposed to be up in our heads all the time, right? We're supposed to have a balance of that masculine and feminine energy. And so to get back into the body and to have practices that, you know, bring us back to our hearts, bring us back to love, get that energy, like even moving like farther down into our body and allowing ourselves to feel, right? Like how much are we just numbing out and so disconnected from ourselves is because we're just, you know, either drinking our feelings away or scrolling our feelings away or eating our feelings away or like how many other ways we're numbing out. Um, and the call is to come back to love and to come back to ourselves. Mm, okay. I was just talking about the like masculine versus feminine energy in business. I was just talking about it with my mom and I feel like I might have I feel like I'm not where I want to be with that mindset yet. Like I kind of view masculine energy as bad and feminine energy as ah. good in business. So can you kind of take me through um, like ways that you would personally like use your masculine energy and use your feminine energy yeah. in a good way? So the way that I see it um, in business is a lot about like the masculine energy is like an energetic energy. It's a doing energy. It's like, let's get my systems up and going. Let's make sure my email campaigns are good. Let's make sure, you know, I've got a solid content plan. Like that to me is masculine energy of like crossing the T's, dotting the I's, making it all tight, right? And and there's value in that, right? Because we can't just be, you know, these air, airy fairy, like I'm gonna be so magnetic and call all these people in and then not have the systems to take care of them, right? So the masculine energy is great energy to have, but sometimes what happens is that we get, we carry it too far to one end where we're like, it's all hustle. The more work I do means the more money I'm going to get. And that's just not true. So feminine energy comes in where we start to be a little bit more magnetic. This is where abundance mindset really, you know, settles of like, I am expansive. I can hold a lot of different energy. And so that's where we take care of ourselves. That's where we take the time to just be. It's where we are creative. It's where we start to think about possibilities. And so we need both of those things in a business, right? And I would say, you know, we've, we've tended so much to the masculine side that it's sort of like we've lost the love in business or like the idea that we're of service, like we're in business to help people or to serve people. And so coming back to that feminine energy of I'm here to serve and I'm open to serve. And in whatever way that that shows up, bring it on. Yes. Beautifully said, um, going off that, how you said, how did I want to word that how you said um 
that women are like, I have a page of notes here (laughs) (laughs) that women are like abundant and expansive. Um, something I wanted to touch on is, so I want to also start coaching. So I know that you are an expert coach and I wanted to ask what are ways, I feel like it's a limiting belief in my head. Like, I feel like I'm an empathic person, but also I worry about my cup being empty. And I know, like you said, like having those dedicated self-care routines scheduled helps, but like is like, do you tap into that abundance, um, like mindset when you're coaching? Like, how do you tap into that and not hold on to other people's things and not let other people's energies drain you? Tell me about how you do that. Yeah. And I so know what you're saying because for like a number of my first years coaching, you know, I would get off a coaching call and be like, oh my gosh, I've got nothing left. Like that took absolutely everything out of me. And now um, the more connected I am to myself, the more I have these really strong self-care practices of movement, right? So that my actual physical container is strong. Um, My own sort of like quiet time with myself so that I know my mind is strong. And then also some softer practices of being in my heart, right? So being able to express emotion, being able to write my emotion, being able to um, speak my emotion and just sit with myself and nurture myself. That's been a really big game changer when I'm on coaching calls. And I also know how to set some really great boundaries, right? So I almost imagine like a little force field around me. I call it like my positivity bubble, And mine's pink and it's fluffy and it's cute. And when I'm on coaching calls, I don't allow anything to infiltrate that bubble. So I I really imagine that like I'm here to serve. And if I'm going into my super empathic, like that sort of frequency is a little bit of like a denser frequency. And I want to hold a higher frequency for my coaching clients. So I can empathize with them, but I am not going to take on their stuff, right? Because then I'm no good to anybody. And so I really go in with that mindset and, and remind myself while I'm in those calls that, um, that I'm of service, right? And so it's not that I'm being rude in, in, you know, dismissing them or anything like that. I'll hear what you have to say, but I also want to move you forward or deeper into your heart. And so we're not going to stay in um, limiting beliefs. We're not going to stay in negative self-talk. We're not going to stay there. It's not um, like a talk therapy session. That's not what I do. I really want us to to move forward. I want us to feel better. I want that energy to come up. And so I find that having my own practices really helps that. And then also setting those boundaries. Yes. So you really embody everything that you are teaching really try to, um, and I'm not perfect. Like, it, right. you know, I'll, I can come off a call and be like, Holy God, that triggered a lot in me. You know, that happens. But I also know that I'll take time after calls to come back down. I know the things that ground me. Um, and I'll make sure that I do them right away. And that's like a non-negotiable. Okay. So, okay. That's another thing <laughs> that I feel like I'm struggling with. I'm not meaning to come off sounding like I'm so limiting myself, <laughs> but maybe I am. But yeah, like when you talk about, you know, you're not perfect. I feel like as the coach, as the leader, as the mentor, you want to show up with the answers. You want to show up almost as perfect. So how do you drop that? I love this question because I think for the first part of me coaching, and it might be what you're feeling too, is that it's like, 
oh my gosh, they're going to come to me. They're going to have a situation and I'm not going to know what to do with it. Right? Like I I've never experienced it. I don't know what to say. And I used to think that I needed to answer everyone's problem, but really the best thing a coach can do is just remind their client that they've got all the answers and to hold the space and to ask the really great questions and and to really figure out what your superpower as a coach is. Mine is being able to hold space. Mine is being able to make people feel safe and to remind them that like they're a lovely human inside, right? To, to shine that light on the parts of them that they've forgotten about. And so for you figuring out like, what is your superpower? and focusing your attention on that, not what you don't know, right? Like I, I show up very honest and be like, I have no clue. Like, let's dig into this together. You know, this is a tough one. What are we going to do about this? Okay. I have a few tools. Let's, let's pull out a few techniques. We'll see if it works. If it doesn't, no problem. Um, but I'm, I'm coming from that place of service, not from the place of perfection. Yes. Wow. That was such a good answer. (laughs) So helpful for me. Um, yeah. So kind of going along with that. So obviously you share a lot on social media and I'm sure that's how you get a lot of your, um, clients and get your name out there. Um, but also you share a lot of your story on social media as well. First with coming out, um, you got, I think you got married this year, didn't you? We're three years now. Oh my God. I know. Your pictures. I know. I just keep posting the pictures because they're so pretty. Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. But yeah. So you know, just being anybody online is vulnerable, but then yeah, being someone who wants to make an impact and someone who wants to share their dreams and their, you know, just what goes on in your head. It's so vulnerable. Um, can you kind of take us through like what that process kind of started out looking like for you and how you've gotten to a point where you're comfortable sharing online because you have to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think as a kid, I was always, um, a bit of an oversharer. I think I shared like a lot. And then there were a, a lot of years where I just sort of got really quiet and it was really hard for me to find my voice and to not worry about what would happen when I shared my voice. And it's funny that so many people, I mean, people, um, look at me and they're like, Oh, you're so vulnerable. You're so vulnerable. And I'm like, dude, I am like selectively vulnerable. Like I will <laughs> pick the things that like, I'm super comfortable with to be vulnerable about, but there are a lot of things that I, that I don't share. And so I'll be the first to say, you know, what you see on, on social media is never, is never reality. Right. Like, um, like, like the wedding photos, like, yeah, beautiful. Like, you know, my hair was gorgeous and my dress was gorgeous, but like, I wasn't really a happy human at that time. And, you know, things between my wife and I weren't really great. There was a lot of stress. There was a lot of overwhelm for a long time after our wedding. And so I think it's really important. I'm feeling more comfortable sharing stuff like that now, but even Mm -hmm. like when we're in the moment of social media or sharing things on social media, I have to remind myself like this is in real life, right? Like if you see me in real life, that might be one thing. And I try to share as much as I can to remind people that it's not real life. Like I'll, I'll come on without makeup on, I'll come on without filters. I'll, you know, really try to, to share that because I also know that a lot of teenagers are, are watching. And I remember as a kid, like, Oh, I just would, would hate on myself so much because I wanted to be something other than me. And I think that we all have fallen into this trap of like having these expectations for ourselves that like, aren't even real, you know, like people don't actually look like the way they look like on social media. Right. And so why are we holding ourselves to these sorts of standards? And I think that goes for like 
relationships, right? We think, or I used to think relationships had to be like perfect and sunshine and rainbows. And it's like, man, marriage is hard. Like marriage is really, really hard. And it, and for me and my experience, it has, it has like been the best growth I have ever done in my entire life, but that's because it's been so friggin' triggering, right? Like I have had every childhood wound opened up and, and I've had to look at it. And so I'm getting more comfortable sharing about those things now on social media, but for the most part, like I'll pick the things that I want to share, you know, yeah. and, and hide the rest. And, and I think that, you know, boundaries are one thing, but I also, I also want people to know, like, it, life's not perfect. It, it's messy and we're all in it together. And that's sort of the beautiful part is that we can relate and connect being like, oh, that happened to you too. Or like, oh, that's your trauma. Cool. Me too. You know? And, <laughs> and then we can do something about it together and, and have that feeling of like, you know, when you come back to love, when you come back to yourself, like everything, nothing else matters really. Right. Like truly, if we're not in this moment at like 1 37 PM, nothing else matters. 1.36 PM doesn't matter. You know, 4 PM today doesn't matter. It's just like right here is what matters. This is so beautiful. My gosh, I just, I can feel the energy flowing. <laughs> so I want to talk, I want to talk more about, I just am so inspired by your business and your strategy. Mm. So I kind of want to talk about like your gifts and skills business-wise. Obviously, I know that you have so much um, abundantly amazing skills um, spiritually and, and mindset-wise, but also clearly you're crushing it. So like, are you really good with time management? Are you good at delegating? Kind of tell me like, how do you use your skills to your advantage? So one of the best things that I have come up with this year is knowing my energy levels. So I know there is one week out of the month where I kill it. Like I am high energy. I could sleep four hours and be totally fine. Like I have so much energy and it's obviously connected to my, like my cycle. Right. And I, I, I map that out. And so I plan so much of my life around my energy levels. So I'll, I'll have launches when I'm super high energy. I'll make sure that I'm connecting on social media when I'm high energy, because then what happens is that I'll, I'll be able to use those quieter moments to be creative, to step into, you know, uh, connecting with people one-on-one -on -one or actually doing my coaching calls then. And so business strategy wise is managing my my energy levels and making everything line up. So I'm not forcing myself to do things when I don't have the capacity for it. Um, and that's been like a major self-care thing. And it also avoids guilt because what happens is when we have that to-do list and it's like 50 lines long and we're in that week of, you know, the month where we just want to be in a bathtub and eat chocolate and cuddle up on the couch. And all we can think about is not taking care of ourselves and loving ourselves, but the fact that we're not getting stuff done. And so I've really turned that on its head completely. And it's like, I'll do it the week that I have energy. And really, does it have to get done now? No. And is it going to actually make a difference if I do it now? No, because my intention isn't there. I'm just doing it halfway. Right. right? Um, and so that's been huge for me. The other thing is that I'm a really good learner. Um, and so I can like watch YouTube videos and it'll take me so long. Like, I'm a good learner, but like I can be a slow learner when it comes to business technology. Um, and it's like, okay, I can make this Canva image. Okay, I can record this meditation. But like yesterday, it took me two hours to record an eight minute 
meditation, like how to figure out the background noise, how to figure out like the track or whatever, but I did it. So I think, you know, a little bit of competitiveness with myself is also a bit of a, a bit of a strength. Um, and then also recently I've really started to be like, you know what, I'm just going to delegate this out. I can do it, but I'm not as good as someone who actually does this. So I've, you know, I have a new website coming up, like total rebrand. It's going to be absolutely epic. And I'm so excited for it. Um, And I'll stick to the things that I'm good at, which is like connecting with people and celebrating community. Yes. So amazing. I'm so excited for you. I'll definitely keep my audience updated when all these updates and launches happen. But I want to ask, did you have any mentors? Like you said, I know you're, you love Mm -hmm. to learn and you learn on YouTube, but did you take any intentional courses on this or have mentors? Yeah. And that's been really great for me too. So a few of the people who have been like business mentors, coaches, um, Alyssa Coleman, uh, like, oh gee, she is so good. And she had so much free content. So when I was first starting like $0 budget, right? Like can't afford, uh, a, you know, $4,000, $5,000 one-on-one coaching. And her content was, she did a lot of free stuff and I learned so much from her. And eventually I was able to actually enroll in her group coaching program. So she was someone that really helped me. Um, Mimi Boyer, who on Instagram is happy on Mondays. She was also a really, really great, um, a great person, her energy, her ability to motivate and inspire And for me, she helped me believe in myself. And she was the first person um, to tell me like, you could charge $5,000 for that, Megan. And then I did, and I got the sale and I was like, what? And, And, you know, she was like, I believed in you the whole time. And so she was a really good person. And then most recently, uh, Lexi D'Angelo. So she runs the Taboo Institute. And, uh, so like she does her NLP certification, the, the hypnosis and, and life coach certification through her Taboo Institute, but there's a huge business curriculum and she's like out of this world. Amazing. She runs an amazing business and is, um, definitely an inspiration for me. Oh my gosh. I'm writing all this down. I have never had so many notes. I'm so glad. Can you tell him, can you tell him a teacher? (laughs) (laughs) So naturally, well, you know, I had Alyssa on the podcast maybe two months ago. Oh, she's so good. So good. And like you said, yes, just the free resources is just the best. Um, And you're so good at that as well. Even like I was saying, like just from your Instagram graphics, I'm learning stuff. Um, So yeah, if you were going to start over now, if you lost everything and you had to start over now, or if you're someone like me, who's just getting started, um, do you have any intentional advice that you would give for someone like me that wants to kind of do something like you're doing and wants to really start with self-care? Yeah. So I would say, I would say to prioritize yourself first and tune into what it is that you love to do, what it is that fills you up. And kind of leave the rest of the noise out. That's hard. <laughs> I know. I know. And and you know what? Like self-care is a practice, right? It is called a practice for a reason because some days you get it and some days you don't, but it's something that we need to be consistent on. And so if I was starting again, you know, I took a lot of courses or like, you know, like the master classes or whatever. And, and I think that, you know, 
some of them were good, but I also think some of them took me away from my heart and took me away from what I wanted to do in the world. And I've come back full circle, you know, five years later. Um, but I think if, if I had started, if I had started earlier, just like not worrying about what the outcome would be, but just like acting from that place of integrity for my heart and my mission, I think I would have got here a little faster. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and, and that's okay. It's, it's my learning, right? It's, it's all happening for a reason, but if you're just starting out, remember why, mm -hmm. that's remember, so powerful. remember why, and remember you can do it. That's the other thing. There were a lot of times where I doubted myself, um, and, and searched for validation when really I just need to take a little more time for myself and love myself through the, the need for validation, you know, um, and that would have been much easier. Wow. That's so powerful. That's exactly where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. And, and remembering, this is the other thing. I mean, I have so much advice. We could do a whole episode yeah. on this. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the other thing is like, know that there are going to be dark days. Like I, I thought that it was going to be again, like all sunshine and rainbows when I first started. And I didn't realize that there were going to be dark days, but that those dark days always were followed by some sunshine, right? We're always followed by those, those high highs and, and not attaching my self-worth to my business. Like my business is one thing, me as a human being who was like innately worthy of love and an abundant life, two totally different things. So if something's not going well in my business, it's not me that's my business. And yeah, maybe I had a role to play, but it doesn't mean I'm a crappy person. Doesn't mean yes. that I'm dumb. Doesn't mean that I'm X, Y, and Z, whatever our limiting beliefs are. So that would be another thing too, is like not to attach worth or deservedness to our business. Mm. Yes. I love that. I love how you, um, really like represent that, like self-love is self-worth. I think mm. that's such an important part of that message. So thank you for everything that you shared today and for sharing your experiences to help us grow. So where can we find you? What's next? Um, give me all the info. Oh, I'm so excited. So I'm doing, like I said, current, current, like place to find me is lovelyhumanschool.com forward slash self-care audit. Because once a month I run a free workshop where I take you through like how to design your own self-care system. So if you aren't going to sign up for self-care club, uh, once a month I do this audit and we can just take you through what kind of self-care do you actually need and how do you actually put it into your schedule? So that's lovelyhumanschool.com forward slash self-care audit. And then, I mean, I'm on Instagram, baby. I love chatting in the DMs. So you can find me the dot self-care queen. And that might be changing at some point because that period in there is so confusing, but for <laughs> now <laughs> that's where you can find me. And, uh, yeah, I'd love for anyone listening, just send me a message. Literally be like, I heard you on this podcast. I need help with self-care or, Hey, Megan, I heard you on this podcast. Like, I just love chatting. I'm a people person. And I think during COVID, I thought, you know, maybe I'm an introvert. And then I started seeing people again. I was like, Oh no, I am a hundred percent an extrovert. And then I need people and I need interactions that are not with my dog <laughs> <laughs> or my wife. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. I will link to all of that down below in the, in the show notes. But I can't thank you enough for sharing all your um, wisdom and your time with us. So thank, you. Oh, thank you for having me.